Hello, everybody. Welcome to an unexpected podcast. Um, we have today uh, Renair and Evan and me, and this is going to be a bit of an Articon preparation episode. Articon's coming up in a few weeks. Um, Evan and I are getting set to, to head across the pond to be there, and Renair will also be there, um, as will Mick and as will Devin. Um, and what we what we're doing on this particular podcast is we're going to go over the lists that the team is bringing, uh, and then one uh, one other list we're going to go over from a listener slash trader named Rob, uh, who's not going to be playing on our Articon team. He's going to be playing with the Wanderers of the Wild. But we're going to he's given us our, his list to review anyway, even though we're sure it's a decoy designed to lead us astray. But you never know. We're going to uh, take a look at it and we're going to come up with a whole bunch of suggestions to make it worse that hopefully Rob will incorporate and make it easier for us to beat him when we hit him like one after another. Yeah, um, we're just going to be like, bring Faramir, Rob, bring Faramir. <laughs> yeah, bring Faramir all the time. Um Right. So we're not going to do a listener list this time because Rob is going to fall into that slot. Um, but we're going to go through uh, a whole bunch of lists and talk about what we're bringing, why they're bringing them and um, uh, post some questions about it. So, Evan, why don't you put up the list from our uh, listener slash trader, Rob? We'll just refer to him as Benedict Arnold. Right. I love I love how he has been downgraded to a listener. Like he isn't even a member of the podcast anymore. He's just a listener now. He is dead to us. <laughs> Indeed he is. <laughs> All right. Well, um I guess I'll go over Rob's list real quick. Um he doesn't have it uh, organized into warbands he told us, which is, you know, classic Rob doesn't even have his army ready for us fully. Um <laughs> But he's going to show up uh, and say this is all one war bandage dumped yeah, on the table. Of course. That's such a classic thing for him to do. So he's got pure Gondor, Boromir with uh, all the stuff except the Lance for obvious reasons, uh, Hurin on horse, um, and then Madril. And then it looks like 10 Minas Tirith warriors with shields, 10 Fountain Court guards with shields, 8 Rangers with spears and two knights with shields. So, and just looking at this sort of initially, this is a, you know, a very stock standard Gondor list. Just doing the math right here, this is... 33 models, right? It's like, yeah, 33 models. Um, and we've got eight, nine bows in there, including Madril. So it's pretty good on that front. Um, might too, wow. Yes, it has a lot of might, um, 12 might in total, so he's not going to struggle in that area. Um, I've always been uh, interested by his the way he configures his shield walls, because what he seems to like to do is he has his warriors with shields in front, and then he puts his, or at least some of his fountain court guards behind, um, which is is definitely interesting and obviously it's probably the most effective way to do it against strength three but against perhaps terror causing models and strength four it might struggle a bit more um so in my personal taste i would maybe drop one guy and give his warriors with shield spears as well so i can keep that battle line flexible 
uh, to choose whether or not I want, want to put the Fountain Court Guard in front or the Warriors in front. But that's just me. Um, the I mean, Warriors way, get defense seven with two guys touching them or three guys touching them? Shield wall. Um, two. two. It has to be two Warriors, so it wouldn't work just in combat. Um, because nice. the warrior would have to back up and he'd just be touching fountain court guards and they don't give the bonus, so they'd be defense six. Yeah. That makes sense. And then yeah. if you shoot at it, you can, of course, shoot at the sides. You shoot at the guy in the end. Right. Yes. To the extent defense six and defense seven matter for shooting. It's uh, like they do. I mean, they, I mean, they did. You, it's just in certain circumstances, killing... it matters. In certain circumstances, it doesn't. That, that is true. But you are killing basically double um the amount of uh defense yeah. six guys as you are defense seven guys so it will yeah. matter it doesn't matter against elf bows it matters against um matters against regular bows and then it matters against crossbows yeah strength which are i think very common i'd say strength two and strength four are the most common yeah. bows especially right now <laughs> with um with lake town and uh assault on law florian and mm -hmm. um assault upon helms mm -hmm. deep they all have um very strong either strength two shooting or strength four shooting yeah so that's definitely something to consider um, it's a fun list though i mean it, he has i mean what i would do is i just try to dehorse boromir and takes out a lot of the killing power but he's got madrill for like scenarios he's got some march throughout it here in to stop from hero points it's it's pretty good yeah i, um, I do enjoy the um oh sorry to cut you off dad i'll say fine. this really quick i do enjoy the addition of Huron in this list just to add sort of another dimension um along with Boromir though obviously it has the um the challenge of also making the army a little bit smaller 33 models isn't too bad for 650 but it's also not the best um yeah I was so curious about how, how would you made. say 33 models stacks up against typical lists that you'll see at 650 is it so low or high I think it's about average. Okay. Um, it's, I mean, the list I'm bringing, which we'll go through in a minute, is also 33 models. Um, you know, it's, I mean, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if it's, you know, average if you like took all the lists and added them together and divided by the number, whether that would be the average, because there are going to be a bunch of lists. I think that are, you know, going to be in the forties or then once you add in the goblin towns are going to be in the eighties mm -hmm. uh, or even the nineties um, and they'll bulk up, bulk up the numbers. But I think for the lists that aren't explicitly going for, I want a lot of models and we'll have some high priced heroes in there. I think 33 models is about average with, you know, low, with with high twenties, I think being on kind of the low end of what can actually work, unless you're going to something that's um, you know like all mounted. Like, well, I, I'm actually curious to see what um, mixed model count is. Uh, spoilers, but um, unless you're going something like all mounted or all heroes, I think um, you know probably the high twenties is really about as low as you could go, and still be viable. Interesting. Um, but right. I think we're all we're all in agreement that um, Rob should drop the flag on Boromir for the lance, right? I mean, I know that's what Henry would say. No, no, no. Henry Come would... on, Dad. 
You you don't take the lance with Boromir. Drop the flag, don't take the lance. Don't take the lance? That's how you do it. You should yeah. just do Boromir unmounted and take all those extra points and just don't play with them. That's my suggestion. Okay. Yeah. You know, honestly, you should just just make like a 300-point Gondor list. Like, Rob, you're so good that like you'd, you'd be able to make it work. You got to prove that uh, you're better than everybody else. You know, if you if you guys hadn't kind of like jumped whole hog off on this tangent, we actually had a chance of convincing Rob to drop the flag and take the lance, and then and then maybe and then maybe uh, we could have let him into to our 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 unified agreement that Faramir would really be a better choice than Huron for this list. You gotta you gotta put the bros together, don't you? You do exactly. I mean, you can get the extra points for him just by switching the flag to the. to the lance mm-hmm. and you get you know the you get the brothers i don't know all right well that would have been fine right. well let's see let's <laughs> mix this because i think mixed list is actually pretty is is, is really good uh have i think is going to do good at this event all right so let's go down and let's talk about mixed list all right um all right let's see so um he has uh it doesn't state it here but this is the riders of theoden legendary legion so he's and just assume that all of these guys are mounted because they have to take the horses um so we have uh theoden uh five riders of rohan two royal guards and two royal guards with throwing spears uh gambling with the banner uh, five riders, two royal guards, two with uh, throwing spears. Um, and then let's see, we also have uh, Dernhelm, Mary, two riders of Rohan, two royal guards, and two royal guards with throwing spears. So all in all, um, it looks like we have a grand total of 12 royal guards. It looks like half of them have throwing spears. And then 12 Riders of Rohan, uh, just straight up. And then we have the three heroes being Theoden, Gambling, and Durnhelm, which I would say are probably the first three heroes that you want to take in a list like this. Durnhelm with the multiple, well, Durnhelm just being incredible in general with the high number of attacks, the large amount of just heroic resources in general. Um and just being very, very cheap, along with their ability to combo with gambling, um, for those of you who aren't aware, because Mary is technically separate from Aon and the Durnhelm profile, uh, you can basically keep gambling with Banner right next to uh, the Durnhelm model, and then Mary can call basically a free heroic action every turn, because he spends his one might, and then he gets it back immediately. And then Theoden is obviously required in this army and is very good. So all in all, 28 models, which is a very large all-cav army, I would say at this points level, and 12 shots, which on all-cav isn't amazing, but it'll serve its purpose. Yeah, I think 28 models all-cav is really good. And I like how he didn't go too heavy with the Royal Guard because you would have lost some model count. And the Riders of Rohan with their bows are just an excellent take for their points, in my opinion, especially paired with Theoden. They get like the the bonuses. It's a pretty good list, to be honest, especially considering all your mounted heroes have uh, 
horse master. So it's, it's really good. So, yeah. So, I mean, when I play Riders of Theoden at this point, stuff, all my lists look a lot like this. So I think this is a good list. Um, I guess the only question I have about this is whether you want to give Dernhelm a throwing spear. Because, I mean, one of the things that Mary on the back of Dernhelm near Gambling can do is give you that plus one to wound on the charge on the throwing spear, which, you know, be or someone like say Boromir. Yeah, you can. I mean, every once in a while, you can either like kill the critical guy, charge through him, and get to someplace else. Um, or as you say, you know, charge into somebody who's mounted and just kill their horse with a throwing spear. Um, and I mean, it's it's five points, which I think you could do by dropping one of the royal guards with throwing spear to a rider of Rohan, and then taking the throwing spear off of one of the other royal guards. Um. And I mean that's that's kind of my only thought on on this one. Um, the only other thing being, so the only other thing being whether sometimes when I've organized this list, I have put the riders. Um, basically, I've created like a skirmish. Um, you know, one of the warbands is like the skirmish warband. And one of the warbands, and it's usually Thayden, is kind of like the more he heavy hitting warband, um, because you know that you want the fight five near him, and it's kind of less important for the skirmish. Mm -hmm. um, and I wonder if that's something to think about doing. You know, concentrating the royal guard with Thayden, and putting more of the riders with Durnhelm, which doesn't mean that they can't all operate together. Um, anyway if you want them to but it just kind of gives you that option if uh, say you're playing like reconnoiter or something like that of having the kind of crash in warband with Theoden and the skirmish and sneak around the side warband with uh, uh, with Durnhelm um, that may be that may be a way to give you a little more deployment flexibility um, mm -hmm. than, I, I like that idea I, I think I think there definitely may be some merit to either making Durnhelm's warband all riders of Rohan or just maybe slotting just one royal guard in there and having the rest of them as riders. Because I think Durnhelm's small warband size compared to Gambling and Theoden, who I believe each have nine models in their warband, so they're larger warbands. They're probably going to be the more heavy-hitting force. And having right. sort of... A, more of a warband drop that's more generally um, supposed to to move around and react and skirmish and grab objectives. Um, and B, just a warband that will help you out in uh, scenarios such as um, Divide and Conquer, where you can just put the entire bulk of your cavalry force at one right. end of the board and have this sort of token Durnhelm force that can still move really fast so they can get out of any trouble. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, also just allow the bulk of your army to stay together. Um, I, I like the idea of, of mixing up the warbands just a little bit to sort of help that out. Yeah. The other advantage that gives too, by the way, is even when you're fighting together, what it means is you can have your, your two, 
you can have your two heavy warbands that kind of charge in because you always want like a third of, whenever you're playing cav army and you charge in you want a, about a third of your cav back in reserve um and, and that's you know so that if you if you lose the heroic move off on the next turn um and your front line of cavalry gets surrounded you have your reserve cav that can then kind of charge in behind to save them and pick off the guys that are uh, coming in uh, and surrounding your front line. And Durnhelm can do that with all, you know, basically you put Durnhelm with, with a warband of all riders in the second, basically in the second rank is the reserve. Gambling and Thayden go in. If they end up getting surrounded, um, then Durnhelm can charge in. And if, you know, on that, on that turn when Gambling and Thayden charge, Durnhelm and her riders can just kind of move up half distance and then shoot. And if they're not needed in the front rank the next turn, they can do that again and then shoot with their bows from that you know kind of reserve position if they're not actually needed to come in and charge. Um, which is something you know the the royal guards and the royal guards with throwing spears aren't necessarily going to be able to do because they won't be close enough to the front to be within throwing spear range. It's good. It's really good. I'm curious how it's going to go. Yeah, but... I mean. The only the only thing that is you know kind of worrisome about it, and there and I don't think there is a solution to this problem with this list is um it doesn't have it doesn't have a good answer to like powerful fight six heroes. Um but I mean other than you know charge either I mean basically your answer is you charge Durnhelm in, you strike up and you hope. Um yeah. and, and I think the twelve bows can make you skirmish pretty well up against like a fight six hero because you're not gonna right. have they're not going to have as many people, so you can soften them up. Hopefully, do a dehorse and then like get into combat. Yep. And who? How many of them have heroic defense? Gambling is the only one. Okay, which is pretty good um, for for those situations. Yeah, I mean, he's got heroic defense. The only downside about gambling is it's hard to use him as a tank because he's also got the the banner, and if tanking mm -hmm. doesn't work, then you lose the banner. Yeah, um, and the the two wounds and one one fate like it is. I've seen triple six be rolled by someone like Boromir, and they just die. So, see two wounds or three wounds. It's been a while since I played with him. I believe it's two wounds. Um, let's see what his stats are here. But it is interesting. Like, uh, you see like all these models, which is really good. But then you realize, okay. He did lose out on those more beefy heroes like Aomir. Um, yep. Yeah, so, he has two wounds, uh, one fate. You're right. Mm -hmm. But um, I've never seen him play, to be honest. And I, he does pretty good. So I, he's probably going to play a lot of finesse and movement and whatnot. Yep, that's Mick. Mick, finesse is my middle name. Uh, he's like, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Any, any last thoughts on uh, mixed list there? It's fun. All right. Moving on to um, someone I have never heard of before. Um, so this Matt guy, it looks like he's taking the filthiest legendary legion that there is. Uh, oh, actually, I'd say it's in the top three filthiest of legendary legions. I'll give you a little pass because I'd say um, assault on Lothlorien, assault upon Helm's Deep, maybe uh, maybe slightly filthier than it. 
Um, flashback to all of close. our group chats where we're like, somebody better take this legion if we were yeah. compete. <laughs> we're all like, oh, it's horrible, but we're like, we you better take it, Matt. You better take it. Yeah. So this, um, I think, I think our end result is that uh, I don't think anyone is taking either of those. Actually, isn't what well, one of our players might be taking assault upon Helm's Deep, but no one wanted to do Lothlorien. Um. Anyways, back to the list. Uh, we've got uh Dragon Emperor, um, fifteen black dragons. This says with Pike. I assume they also have shields. Yeah, they do. Um, and then one cataphract with drum, obviously a black dragon, and then two cataphracts without drums. And then second warband is Brogear, um, with three bowmen in there, um, two guys with pikes and shields, and then Rutabi with what appears to be the front line of your army with seven warriors with shields. So before I um before anybody sort of discusses this list and maybe ways to change it, Dad, would you like to add some context onto this? Yeah, so I mean, this is very similar to the list I ran last year and very similar to the ones that I've um run this at this points level run the set before. And this is what I pretty much have it distilled down to at this point. And um, you know, basically Rutabi deploys as a front line. Um the the Dragon Emperor deploys behind um and fills in with all the pikes um and and then has its its cluster of three black dragon cataphracts in the back to do whatever I need cavalry for. Um and Brogir kind of slots in somewhere behind the phalanx or the emperor um or uh rutabi um and has that little skirmishing force of bows with a couple of pikes to support them um that either will get mixed will will likely get mixed into the phalanx um but you know a couple a couple of pikes end up i i, I end up i think with um uh, two or three pikes that are superfluous to the phalanx and they basically end up standing behind the warriors with bow and hopefully if i've done it right there black dragons so that uh i get fight four or fight five by the range of the emperor behind the bows as well and that's just my little flanking shooting force to protect uh one side of the phalanx while either the emperor or the cataphracts protect the other side okay so so the thought process with the specifically the two warriors with pikes and shields in Brogir's warband is to uh, basically add a little bit more support to the bowmen. Yeah, and I mean, if this army all deploys together, those those two non-black dragons end up fighting in the midst of the black dragons so that their lower fight value doesn't matter and the black dragons um, then go and support the warriors. But, you know, you can end up with situations where Brogir's on his own and then you've got three warriors with bow with Brogir standing behind one of them and two pikemen standing behind the other two. Mm. It's a, it's a good list. I mean, I think there's so much talk about it and we've, we've mentioned it before too. It's just the only thing you'll have to, of course you do take into consideration is how to separate them with those scenarios where you got to get all over the board. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you know, when, when you do that, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what either the black, black dragons are for, or, um, you know, you use the drum to kind of send little task groups out. Um, I mean, I think 
the, the big debate we had on this before was at 650, do you take, do you not take Rutabi and take a captain instead? And Aaron and I played a couple of test games with that. Or actually, I think we played one test game and um, I played an, another test game with that against somebody else. And the answer, at least for me, is you definitely take Rutabi because the Dragon, you know, the Dragon Emperor ends up being your only hitter if the captain is in the list, and the Dragon Emperor being the only hitter is not what you want because he's so unwieldy when he's up on his platform. You can't get him where he needs to be. You need Rutabi for that. Yeah, and it makes the grind of the game too really good. To where if you come up against another army with low might, just what she gives is, is really good. Yeah. And you know the 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 corollary to this is that I at least don't take any of the um expensive uh what are they dragon the dragon cult acolytes mm -hmm. um because they're too expensive for what they give you. They drop your model count down and they're also too vulnerable. They get they get yeah. shot or killed in the front rank. Yeah. And I like that too, because like this if you had like something like 24 or 25 models, I don't think that would have been good. Yeah, I mean, adding a few, depending on how you do it, it doesn't take it down that much, but it does take it down into the 20s if you have a significant number, and that's too small. It also, of course, drastically reduces your ability to stay on the battlefield because while you do get those extra attacks, you don't have the defense six, your defense four. Yep. So True. that just and makes a very, very flimsy army, which is not good for especially an army with rutabi um that wants to stick around and eventually grind the opponent down have more might points than them and beat them that way yeah true and i think like in comparison to this to um rob's list i like this better because rob's list has some of that defense for english and that's easy targets plus also this will be in your face with the drum like right away and that's really disgusting you know what i mean so I, I like this. Um, I'm curious how you do too, Matt. Um, yeah, I'm just hoping we we get three wins each. <laughs> <laughs> Here's hoping. Here's the hoping. There you go. All right. All right. Um, any other absent any other thoughts on this? Let's let's move on. All right. Moving on to my list i guess i'll read it out give a short explanation of why i structured it the way i did um and then we'll figure it out from there so i have uh helms guard i believe it's called um so i decided to take a very heavy heavily infantry version of this force which in my opinion is the only way this force is actually functional um so starting out with helm on horse and then I've got seven royal guards with spear, one warrior with spear, shield, and banner, six warriors with uh, shields and spears, and then four warriors with bows. And then I have a captain uh, with axe and horse. The axe isn't any extra points, but I just wanted to specify it because it is the obvious best option to take on a mounted Rohan captain. Um, and then five royal guards with spears four warriors with shields and spears, and then three warriors with bows, and then uh, the captain again on horse with two outriders on horse, one outrider on foot, and two warriors with bows. So 
the way I decided to structure this is I went through a ton of different variations. Um, one of which was much more homogenous. It was basically a front line of Royal guards, a couple more Royal guards in there. Um, and then a back line of, uh, of warriors with shields and spears and warriors with bows and spears. And that list also ended up not having Royal guards with spears. The Royal guards just had swords. Um, but it was basically the same model count of 38. Um, but I decided to change it up because I wanted to uh, focus on a more objective based army, one that could um, be a little bit more versatile with how it positioned itself. Um, first thing I wanted to do was at least try out a couple games with just having every single model have some sort of form of ranged weapon. Um, because I feel like taking the Royal guards with just swords and no spears while it does save a bunch of points. It also limits the flexibility of and skirmishing power of your army just a little bit, which I think is a very important aspect of this army. Um, so that's sort of what I theorized. The third warband is uh, basically a, it's going to be my pseudo warband drop. Um, and it's also going to be my objective grabbing warband uh, so basically it's there just to sort of do what we were talking about with Mick's uh, Dernhelm warband, which is uh, grab objectives. Every single model in that warband, except for the captain, has a bow. So um, you can do a lot of shooting with that list. Um, and it's got all of the maneuverable models. And then the two big warbands are the ones with the Royal Guard being the captain and uh, Helm. So that was the thought process. It's good. I I like that because then I like how uh tactical you are were too, because like the two captains with the heroic marches can maximize maximize your range as well. And I love a good heroic march with throwing spears right up into someone's face. All of a sudden they have that big range. So it's it's good. It's really good. And with all I don't know, I like lists that have multiple facets to them. So like one game, Helm's gonna be the hero. One game the Royal Guard battle line will, will be the hero. One game, the Spears will be the hero. One game, like the Outriders taking objectives will be the hero. So I like that versatility in the list and knowing someone that who's tactical like you, I think you're going to do pretty good with this. Remind me what benefits Helm confers vis-a-vis -vis fight value. How does that work? So it is a six-inch fight value bubble, which is why I focused on the Royal Guards so much for the main line, because Helm is going to stay with the main line mm -hmm. and give them fight five, which is obviously really, really big um, at 650 points. So but the thought process was I wanted Helm. Um, I needed the captains to fill out the warbands, and I think captains on horse are the most efficient way to do that. Um, and then I wanted a bunch of fight five guys Um to basically be able to swarm the enemy and also outfight them as well. So it's 38 models, and then there are 12 Royal Guards that can get to fight five in that list. Does, does this does this legendary legion give the mounted troops the plus one strength on the charge or no? No, it does not. It That's does not. why I didn't take a lot of mounted troops. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Um I mean, the, the one thought I had with this would be to take one of the outriders on horse 
and flip it to the other captain's warband. Um, two reasons. I mean, I, I think the way this army naturally wants to deploy is Helm and his battle line deploys in the center. Um, the captain with most of the infantry deploys next to it. And then the captain with the skirmishy guys either kind of deploys in the back or deploys on one flank. And the advantage to, I think, putting one outrider in the uh, the other captain's warband is that gives you the ability to grab objectives on both sides of the battle line, or also the ability to have a, a flanking cav unit on the other side of the battle line. Because um, you're, I mean, you got a pretty big battle line. You're probably going to, um, you're you're probably going to like over. You're probably going to be longer than the other side's battle line, and um, you know having having cav even if they're just outriders that can like flip around to the the back of somebody's warband on both sides i think is going to be useful um and and i don't think you frankly lose anything by that by taking that one one outrider on a horse and putting it in the other other warband um i think you can still do whatever it needs to do it just gives you the option to deploy it in a different place on the battlefield um and I mean, I guess the other question would be whether you want to take that one outrider and see if you could find the point somewhere to upgrade it into um, a regular cav or a royal guard um, and whether you want to do that. Um, be nice, I think. To, I, I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, the the regular cav gives you the slightly tougher um, defense, um, and the royal guard, if you can get the points, gives you a you know potentially fight five cavalry model that can accompany helm if need be. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily a big ask in either case. I mean. An outrider is what thirteen points, and a rider is fourteen. Yes, um, that's correct. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could drop a throwing spear off of like one guy and make an outrider into a uh, um, royal guard, and then you could drop a throwing spear off of another guy if you wanted to and give that out uh, give that royal guard a throwing spear you basically trade so um, you have what you have two two horses outside of helm basically and what you're saying matt is convert one of those outriders to a royal guard yeah well you would end yeah the instead mounted of outrider or the foot outrider do the you want another outrider. horse in there okay no i think you would take i, I, take I like the two two mounted outriders to be honest because I think this event is going to be such a grind for objectives, to be honest. And I think having a cav model that can go ten like that and still shoot hit on a four whilst moving, I think that's more uh, detrimental than getting a royal guard. Yeah, that, that, that was my that was my thought yeah, process as well because I I felt like. Um, the, the point of the Outriders is really going to be getting the objectives because I have a very strong battle line and I already have three mounted models that I can um, 
throw in with the main line with the helm and the two captains. Um, And really, I think the way I'm going to dispose of sort of back models on the objectives is taking my bowmen, using them as sort of like a skirmish force and shooting them off along with the outriders, which are moving half, um, which still takes them very far. Um, and then shooting on the fours and just taking out the guys in the back and then being able to be cheap so they're not taking up a lot of points whilst also able to sit on the back objectives, auto-pass the standfasts because of their special rule, and then just snipe out guys that are either trying to reclaim the objectives or um, just shooting at the back of the opponent's battle line. So that was my thought process with using outriders as my mounted guys. Yeah. Um the uh the captains, do they get a fight value buff from Helm or no? They do not. Um that's yeah, why so, I, I made them super cheap. Yeah. But so I, the, I like I like the captains even if they don't get that because uh you can of course you have the axe, you can get strength five, but they are really just to get that battle line of throwing weapons wherever you want, or position things, or even the captain with the outriders can heroic march and get those outriders on the opposite side of the board. If you have reconnoiter or something, it's quite a cheeky list. I mean, they um, also can be it. the figures that that run around the, you know, run around the flanks of the enemy's battle line and charge into one guy with a spear, call a heroic combat, kill that one guy, and then go in and 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 block, you know, two more. So maybe they play as well. When I've used an army similar to this before, that's actually what I'll do is sometimes I'll take a captain and then support him with one outrider just to guarantee like a heroic combat and then just send them behind the battle line to either grab back objectives or harass behind the opponent and get at models they don't want me to get at. So that's the thought process with them. And what's your model count? 38. 30. That's really good. Yeah. And uh, and Hel- Helm Helm gets mighty hero, and he gets what free hero? Is it free hero combats he gets? Yes. On so top of that? that actually increases the power of my shooting a bit because I can call heroic shoots every single turn, um, which means I'll always be shooting before my opponent. Um, but yeah, there's a whole bunch of things you can do with him. He doesn't have heroic march though, so I have to rely on my captains for that. Yeah, but once once the captains have heroic march. They can spend their might on heroic combats because they got helm to uh they got helm who can both moves. call heroic moves and then still call heroic combat afterwards. Yep. Yep. Okay. Makes sense. Good list. I I'd still move one outrider over to the other captain's war band. Yeah, I'll 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 definitely that. consider that. Um all right. The last one, Rainier. So we have back from, back from retirement, boys. Exactly. Is that the version that I sent you to, Evan? Uh, I it looks like it. Um, there might be the mis- there, there a mistake. I'm like up one bow, and this is kind of like the rough draft. But... Mm, all right. Well, let's see. Um, so we have uh, Suladan. Uh, I assume he's on an armored horse because that's what the point says. Um, five serpent riders. So you're going. Super heavy on the calf. Um, only th- only three of those serpent riders have spears. No, I, I think I think those are the Harajim warriors. Oh, yeah, okay. then it's gonna be seven the seven Harajim warriors. Yeah, 
Um, okay. And then one Watcher of Karna, I assume this guy has twin blades. Yep. You know it. The the only version of the Watchers of Karna that you'll ever take. Um, don't take the bow guys. They suck. Um, and then we have uh, Dalamir with uh, two crossbows, eight shields, eight spear shields, and then a captain. Does that captain have a crossbow or no? He does, yeah. He does. Okay. And then eight crossbows and then four corsairs. Are they just do they have no extra equipment? Just just the sword. Just yeah. the sword. Okay. So we have 36 models. Um 46 models. 46. Uh, 46 models, yes. 36 would be awful. Um we have uh you said 10 crossbows, but it looks like eleven crossbows, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, that's with the true. captain. Yeah, um, six cab. 11 crossbows, six bows, because I made a mistake. I went a little over and 20 throwing weapons. And I believe my break point is you have to kill 24. You're good, aren't you, on bow limit? Because you have, what, 13 models in Suladan's Warband? So you can put seven in there with bows. You can. Okay, then I'm good. Perfect. Yeah. Um, So obviously the, the thought process behind this list is I assume just cram as many um, crossbows in there and then once you've maxed out your Corsair warbands just try and fill up on um, Suladan's warband with as many bows as you can and yeah uh, I, I want something that's like forgiving in the sense that there's enough models that I can make a mistake here or there because I know I don't know I know I haven't played this in so long and there are going to be a lot of competitive players at Articon so I know I'm going to make some, a few mistakes uh, the idea of it is to kind of play defensively. I like the captain because it gives me more models, so I could do that, plus the heroic march. I like the crossbow on him because he could take out at 650. You're going to see a lot of Boromir's here and stuff like that. I could take out a horse with that respect. Um, the five serpent riders I'm a little iffy about. I might change up one or two of them to be uh, Radrum raiders with a bow, and then I can, like, fill up some points but yeah i i know the list needs cav because i'm pretty sure we're going to see a lot of cav or fast moving models at the event so i kind of want that to counter it plus it's the only really killing power in the list which because they're fight for with lances and you have soladan in there as well so yeah idea of it is pepper it up um the crossbows aren't just the list i have 10 which is nice but I also have seven bows that you can have be eleven. Oh, 11. Yeah, sorry, eleven seven <laughs> bows. <laughs> so it's eighteen shooting, but it's not like the the only aspect of my list. Throwing weapons, the twenty throwing weapons also would be a little cheeky here and there, depending on the scenario. Dalmir would be my leader because he doesn't really get wounded that often, and I don't want to put my banner and leader points in one model that has one fate. So yeah, it gives me a little bit of balance. And the backstabber with a six-inch banner, I kind of like. So it is a little soft. If I come up against like a pure cab list, it can like knock it down, um, which is why I want as many serpent riders and cab to kind of like tie things up. But yeah, I'm hoping to do okay. My goal is three wins. So yeah. Um yeah, I mean, I, I, my my, I mean, this is this is going to be a devastating shooting list. 
Um, the only, I, I think it's, I think it's going to struggle if it ends up in a scenario like contest of champions where it has to do like a head to head. Oh yeah. Fight. Um, cause, cause you're right. It's, it's pretty, this is pretty soft. Depends. Uh, yeah. If, yeah. If it goes up against five and high defense, that's a big struggle against it. Yeah. It's, so I think the so, high defense, especially in something like contest of champions, because you always have tricks, right? In contest, you can shoot into oh. the enemy hero's combat um, to basically stop them from getting kill points. But high defense, something like a defense seven, like spam dwarf list, um, may be challenging for you uh, if they have a fast moving way to get to you, um, just because it's very hard to wound them. Um, so your even your crossbows are wounding on sixes, and they've got probably the strength four to wound you super easily, and then the the high defense and high fight value that makes it hard to crack. Yeah, I mean the, it, the it Dragon Emperor Legion I, will also be a problem. You need to pepper up the opponent before you go yeah. head to head. Like my goal is not to go head to head. I'm really hoping you get some of those uh, fast moving scenarios or some of those like mail. I don't know, some, not Maelstorm, but those scenarios where you got to split your troops up. Because, yeah, we'll, we'll see, though. So this is definitely one where if you get Contest of Champions, you're going to deploy your kind of Corsairs in a screen in front of Dalamir. Dalamir is going to be in the back. You wait for the enemy champion to charge somebody other than Dalamir, and then you have, like, all 10 of your crossbows set up to shoot into, the, into oh, that yeah. fight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but all the thrown weapons too, because the thrown weapons are pretty good at like kind of killing your own guys. Yeah, I mean, I assume them. most of the guys with throwing weapons are going to end up fighting somebody else. Yeah, um, but uh, but the crossbows can kind of hide in the back and and shoot in. Um, yeah, I wonder. I'm just the only the only thing i'm hesitating at now is um the uh the serpent riders with the so you're gonna have three with with bow spear basically well i could go that way i kind of like the idea of a cav contingent because oh no no no, i'm sorry i i i said serpent riders and what i meant was haradrim warriors you're gonna have three with bow spear and four with just bow. Yeah. 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 Um yeah, I get that. And then one watcher of Karna that's that's right. That'll give out. like a semi-battle line, but it also gives me the opportunity to make them uh dual purpose. So like once the Corsairs are in combat, you can throw them behind a crop an arbalister, you can throw them behind a regular Corsair Corsair soldier and stuff. I yeah. it is 46 models. I'm like, oh that's low, but I think it's it's good enough um and then of course articon has a lot of houses and stuff in there on their boards too so you're gonna see a lot of small avenues and whatnot which i'm gonna kind of try to avoid but those make good shooting avenues yep um i mean this is something that could also give like assault on Lothlorien a run for its money just because of how much it shoots back yeah um, so yeah but okay. Assault and Hems Deep is just going to destroy me. I'm with you, by the way. I, 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 I'm with you, by the way, on the Serpent Riders. Yeah. Um, 
uh, I, I would keep the Serpent Riders. So I actually think this would be, so depending on the scenario and kind of depending on the terrain, because, I mean, Dalamir is your leader, so you can just hide him behind some terrain and none of those shooty things are going to are gonna hit him. Um, and Suladan, I think I would think you would just kind of park behind a convenient house if there is one there. And then everybody else just spreads out and skirmishes. And I think you could probably do a pretty good deal of, you know, as, lo as long as you aren't presenting, I mean, basically you hide all your heroes where they can't get shot by the engines. And then um, you spread everybody out and just skirmish, I think would probably be a decent response to um, assault on Hel Helm's Deep. Mm -hmm. um, and just say, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to engage with you. I'm just going to have a single wide line and um, I'm going to trade you shot for shot. So your your big engines are like, they get lucky killing one one guy a turn. Yeah. And Suladan does pretty good with his fight five against basic, I guess, uh, fight four models. Like he he can do a, a good broke combat or two and like take out a, a, a bunch of them. Yeah, although as soon as he comes out, he's going to get targeted by every uh, every That's uh, true. Um, ballista on the board. But my only concern is like sprink sprinkle them in, and they come like little by little, and then the, the crossbows yeah. just take them out one by one. Like I mean, I think you, I think you, you wait to commit Suladan until the the Urukai have massed somewhere, and he, you can use your opponent's own Urukai as cover. So if mm -hmm. they're going to shoot into Suladan, they're going to have like three in the ways for Urukai before they can even get to him um that uh that may well be the the way to go interesting all right i like it so yeah. okay uh that is all the the lists we have for review this is going to be a bit of a short episode but that's fine since we're recording this on a thursday afternoon while various well i'm playing hooky from work um so uh uh we uh we'll wrap this up we'll get this out and uh be out there for Articon and for all of our listeners who will be at Articon, come up and say hi. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, maybe we'll end up across the table from you because pretty much all of us will be there. Yeah. Um, we'll but we're not as there. good as we sound, guys. We're not as good as we sound. <laughs> Just joking. All righty. I don't think we sound good, Rainier. So we're we're good on that That's front. So. We're probably better than we sound, to be honest. All right, so we'll see if we can get maybe one more episode out before we head to Articon, and then uh, I, I hope we'll be able to do some episodes from Articon. That would be great. So we'll talk to you later. See you soon. See you guys.